1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN radio.
2: Now you can't start cranking the soldier boy and not do it, eh? And then wasn't. why are you pointing that small? I'm not you started cranking no. the soldier Soulja... boy. No, on, you started it. it. I did. So crank that soldier boy. No, no, you just started doing it. Don't start that. You are the self-proclaimed dance king, and yet you refuse to dance in the studio. Do it. A little strong. Do it. Little strong. Do, do it. I actually do don't. I do got to say it in my, my Arnold nigga <laughs> voice. Do
3: it. I swear, I really don't know how to do it. Smalls really do does. I and know. as she was trying to do it, she knocked into oh, yeah. the microphone and pieces of the microphone Correct. just fell off.
4: Yeah. It's magnetic.
3: Yeah.
2: You don't really have the space in the studio to really crank that soldier Boy. No, you we'd can, have to
4: stand up to do yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, we
2: don't really have the space to mm. to get it going. You, mm. can, you got the bop with the shoulders, though. I see you. I see you, Smalls.
3: You. Oh, there she goes. <laughs> <You>. <laughs> okay, now I know what was happening. Cece just wanted to set it up so he could do the Soldier Boy. No, you know
2: it. There's some offensive linemen that had me doing the Soldier Boy when I played. <laughs> Who? Name names. Oh, Orlando Pace. Oh. Chris Samuel. Walter Jones.
3: Oh, wait, there's, okay, there's, there's too many of <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> them. Uh, Willie Rowe.
2: Okay, okay there's wait, too wait, many. Wait, wait.
4: That crew doing the soldier boy in the club you you got to no, get a lot No of- not in not in no, the club means-
2: on the field <laughs> yeah. knocking my ass off the ball. <laughs> you
3: <laughs> that- I was gonna say the whole dance floor better clear out. No. Nah. The Tom-
2: they, they had me on skates. I was doing more dancing than I wanted to.
3: <laughs> if Tom Coughlin, Bill Parcells and John Harbaugh, your three head coaches are listening, they're very upset right now. That's too many on that list. Too many guys that All had All the un- guys tape.
2: I named They're are pretty, pretty much gold jacket guys. The only one is not is Chris Samuels and that's cuz he had a neck injury, but he would have
3: been. So that list was how many? Linemen? A lot of offensive linemen. Yeah.
2: Pretty I mean offensive line. Here's the thing, we talk about mediocrity in the NFL. I will say this, offensive line play, a lot of mediocrity. Very oh. very few Top-tier offensive lineman. Now.
3: Who was the one offensive lineman you're lining up with that week, you know you're playing him, and you literally think to yourself, even though I'm a competitor, even though I'm going to give max effort, I love this thing, I wish I was going home instead of going to this game.
1: Larry
2: Allen. My teammate,
3: Larry Allen. Just had enough. Yeah. He just couldn't do it. Uh,
2: but yeah, I wasn't the only guy. Like A lot of players that had the Larry Allen flu, guys that were <laughs> questionable, guys that were probable, would all of a sudden get downgraded to out because the Dallas Cowboys were on schedule. That's how I went down. I mean, the man bench pressed 750 pounds. If you don't believe me, go on YouTube and look it up. 750 pounds. That's crazy. You, can you imagine that guy punching you in your chest, Small? I don't want to. You imagine that man putting his hands on you? No. Forget about it. I
4: you know, would be i would be dead. Man, I
2: used to <laughs> laugh how Larry Allen ragdolled Leroy Glover, who's an all-pro nose tackle in one-on-one pass. Just ragdolled him. Like I'm playing with my nephews, my brother's kids. Just ragdolled him. Like, that's how good he was, and it was
3: known. Everybody knew about Everybody it.
2: Everybody knew about it, and I and I caught him. He was past his prime. But and he's the, still destroyed. But him. the word on the street is in the late nineties, like him and Eric Williams, who was also another All Pro offensive line for the Cowboys. They used to have a standing bet to see who they could make their guy quit on the defensive line before the other guy could. That was the running bet that they had every single game. There, it wasn't. It wasn't enough that they could just dominate their opponent. I can make my guy quit before biggie or before la could make their guy quit
3: and how do you define quitting like you just have to be honest with oh you know people. you, you know?
2: turn you turn on the film you'll see a guy when he quit oh, so it's a, okay you, so can, it's you can watch it you can watch it on the and then so then in the film session tape.
3: they'd have that moment of okay there it is there it is there it is, there it is. There it is. the moment the moment you broke. wow broken. yeah yeah wow We are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Of course, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you could save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles. Okay, so uh, college football playoff ranking came out last night. Here's what you have, and it is certainly controversial. Georgia's one, Michigan's two, Washington's three, FSU is four. So if the season were just to end today, you'd have Georgia and FSU, Michigan and Washington in the college football playoff. Where it gets interesting is Oregon. Is five. Okay, fine. Ohio State only dropped to six. We thought there was a chance it would drop to seven or eight. Texas is at seven. We thought they would move up. Alabama, we really thought would move up, is at number eight. So there are three things that we've kind of labeled here as beefs that we've had with the College Football Playoff Committee. Number one, we thought that Michigan should have been number one. Georgia should have been number two, based on the fact they beat Ohio State and based on the fact that the committee still values Ohio State. That's number one. Number two, Ohio State is still technically alive. That no team beyond number six has ever made it to the college football playoff. Ohio State is number six. There is a scenario in which Georgia, Michigan, and Washington all win. FSU loses, and then obviously Oregon would lose to Washington. Texas could lose. Texas may not have to lose. Alabama would then lose, that Ohio State actually could get in. That seems crazy. The third thing that we have a beef with is they're, based on their rankings, not based on our beliefs, based on their rankings, it seems as if there is actually a chance, and even if it's 1%, it's too great in our minds, that an SEC team may not make the college football playoff.
4: They are probably really hoping that Georgia beats Alabama yeah. because then there isn't this debate that exists because if Alabama goes in there and beats Georgia, all of a sudden you have a big convoluted mess that you're going to have to sift through because if you're telling me that head-to-head to head, head to head matters, which is why Texas is above Alabama, then how do you not match that same energy with Alabama over Georgia, putting Alabama in the playoff ahead of Georgia if they beat them in the SEC championship game. Because I can't see a world that exists, guys, where an SEC team, even a one-loss SEC team, is not in the college football But
2: that's the world that Heather Dennis described after the college football rankings came out last night. She said that if Georgia loses, she doesn't think that they would actually make it into the Final Four, which would be interesting because we're outlining the hurdles that Alabama will have to get into the Final Four. So we would be talking about the preeminent conference in college football not being represented, even though you have two teams at the top. Including a conference championship, a conference champion that only has one loss, it would be absolutely ridiculous, and it would take all credibility away from the college football playoff if that would end up happening. But here's the big thing: F. all of these different machinations, all of these different scenarios that we're outlining, just drives home one point that this college football playoff format, as constituted, is ridiculous. It's it's it, it's it's stupid. It shouldn't be this at all. We should have it opened up, and I'm glad they're changing it to a 12-team format next year because it's an actual playoff, because they're going to be quality teams that actually have a chance to be able to be the best team in the country in the knockout tournament. I just think that makes the most sense. How they've decided to do it over the previous years and now just seems so far removed from what the ultimate objective is, which is to try to find the best team in the country. If you really wanted to do that, then open it up to the top 10 or 12 teams, which is what they're doing next year. The for, the format of the playoff right now, it just drives home the point or the need for college football playoff expansion just because there are going to be some teams that are left out of the Final Four that could actually go on a playoff run and win the national title.
4: Yes, but aren't they doing their job In the fact that they've created all of this debate, we're talking about some of the biggest programs, the most storied programs in college football that might be in or out. People who are even casual observers are going to be so locked in to the conference championships because they want to see how this thing plays out. So you
2: think college football playoff expansion is a bad thing?
4: I don't think it's a bad thing because uh, there will be more games that there will be more eyeballs on. But, I mean, in the moment right now, before expansion does take place, we are debating this from top to bottom. We're going to be debating this across the country today. And that's a good job by the committee in that regard, that they have generated all this conversation around their products.
2: See, that's a good point that you're bringing up because it does bring the theater, but I'm not going to give them credit for a mistake. They, they lucked <laughs> into this. They backed into this, the fact that it created so much controversy, so much speculation. This is trial and error. They were trying to figure it out. They were trying to get it right in the post-BCS world of college football, and they landed on this system where they thought, hey, we're just going to use an arbitrary number. Final four works in basketball. Let's just have a final four in football. But I mean, football is a different sport, and it's cha- it's more challenging to parse through the different resumes of teams across five different Power Five conferences, and then you have the Group Five teams that could potentially enter the chat. It just does. It it made no sense. It was too arbitrary in how they structured it which is why they needed to open it up to give more teams an opportunity in a single elimination tournament to prove that they were the best team in all of college football. It just drives home the point that the whole system that they created post-BCS was really, really flawed, and now I'm glad that we're moving away from a world where we have to debate whether or not a team from the best conference in all of college football – would have the chance to get in if Alabama upsets Georgia this weekend.
3: So here's what happens next year. The regular season is less interesting. I mean, we have to be honest about that yeah. because of the 12 teams. And then what we have on this day next year is kind of similar in a weird way to what we have today with the NBA play-in – or sorry, midseason tournament. There's confusion. There's too many things. Like, we're not going to sit here and debate 12 versus 13. We're just not. We're not going to debate that. No, Four
2: we're not going deba- be- to debate 12 versus 13, but we'll debate is seating in the playoff. Because yeah. that'll actually matter. That brings in credibility for what we're going to see in the playoffs. You can't argue whether or not we're paying attention to the number one seeds in each conference in the NFL. Why? Because it gives you a better chance at winning a championship. Yeah, okay. Those things are actually matter. The matchups that you draw in the early rounds of the playoffs will make a difference. So those things will be debated, and you'll probably potentially have some matchups in the regular season that would have implications in terms of the two teams seeing each other in the playoffs. For sure. But- so I think there's so many different tangents, so many different angles that we're not even aware of right now just because we're not indoctrinated into the format, the system that they're going to adopt. But I'm just simply pointing out that the system that they have now currently does not make sense.
3: I, I understand what you're saying. I think you're right. I can't necessarily predict the ins and outs of the conversations next year. I could just say personal preference. One of the things that I currently love about college football is it, the system doesn't allow you to lose. And I think that's so cool, like that you have to win every single week. But I want to do one exercise here, okay, that I want to play out not what the hypothetical scenarios are going to be, because we've done that all show. We want more of your phone calls at eight 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 say ESPN. I want to play out what we think is going to happen this week so we can figure out what the actual four would be. So gotcha. here's what we're going to do. Who wins Georgia and Alabama? Georgia. Okay. Uh, who wins Michigan and Iowa? Michigan. Who wins Washington and Oregon? Oregon. Who wins FSU and Louisville? Oh, wait, you have Oregon over. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. FSU, Louisville. I actually think it's Louisville. Okay. Wow. who Who wins Texas, Oklahoma State? Texas. Okay. Based on that, the final four would be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Texas. I assume Texas would jump Ohio State. I can't guarantee that, but I'm going to assume that with a win against a top 25 team this weekend. I would assume then Washington would be out overall at twelve and one, having lost to Oregon. Obviously, Georgia and Michigan are easily in. FSU don't is long I, you, gone. You, you don't, you, uh. So you think Ohio State could be in in I, that scenario? I
2: think Ohio State could be in. Uh. I think it could be Oregon, Ohio State. Oof. I think so. I mean, I don't. How much stock are we putting in a Big Twelve champion? Okay, so here, how, how much stock are we doing?
3: I, I don't how know. much stock is literally in the bank account of all the te- Texas boosters that watch the team that are going to want to watch them in the college football playoffs? Yeah, but
2: again, the committee had a chance to put Texas in front of Ohio State, and they didn't. Yeah, There was a clear and obvious chance that they did that. So if they're telling us that, then I don't know how much weight the Big 12 champion is going to carry when it comes down to that scenario. If Florida gets bumped and Washington gets bumped, then Oregon's clearly in. I think the other team ends up being Ohio State.
3: 8, at 8, say ESPN. You could be a part of unsportsmanlike nation on the Dr Pepper call-in line. Your biggest beef for the college football playoff rankings last night. 8 at 8, 729-3776. Coming up, wouldn't it be
2: just like the committee to have a rematch of the semifinal last year between Georgia and Ohio State?
3: Yes, it would be just like them. That would be brutal. Uh, coming up, it would be if a you thought down. the rankings <laughs> was the most crazy or the craziest story in college football yesterday, like that, that what we just saw is the craziest thing in college football. You're wrong. You are wrong. Wait till you hear what else happened in college football.
0: By visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C, ebikes.com.
1: This is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN radio. Yeah, so if you thought the
3: rankings were the craziest story in college football yesterday, <laughs> I think you're wrong. I didn't see this one coming. Gotta be honest with you. Reports out of Arkansas they have rehired their former head coach, Bobby Petrino. As their offensive coordinator. Remember, he was 33-17 and at Arkansas. What's the issue? Why is that a bad thing? You get a guy that coached 50 games there. They were a top three team in America at one point, if I'm not mistaken.
2: So when they rehired him, did they rehire his assistant too? His quote-unquote assistant?
3: Well, I'm glad you asked, (laughs) CeCe. Because for those not involved, Bobby Petrino was the head coach of Arkansas, was married at the time, if I'm not mistaken, and um, got into a motorcycle accident. Well, that's horrible, right? We know the the famous picture of him in the neck brace and the bruises at a press conference. Yeah, got yeah. banged T- up. T- T's and P's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the motorcycle accident was with um, his assistants that he was having in uh, a relationship with that maybe wasn't the most appropriate of relationships by way of university uh, funding uh, towards their. Um, do,
2: do we know that to be fact?
3: Well, I think we know something. <laughs> Here's the thing: a guy fired from your university for a le- let's do it this way, alleged lies.
2: No, a- I think I, I'm not saying it's alleged. I think that's, that's lies. A, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Relationships that are in question with employees at the university. What? I can't even believe you're eligible to be rehired. At not, he should be allowed to work in this world. He should be allowed to work in football if somebody wants to hire him. To be rehired by that university? Uh, I'm sorry, what are we going to see next? Ben Simmons
4: traded to the Sixers? <laughs> I mean, this is the most stunning. Is it? You don't think this is stunning, this is rehired? It? Haven't we learned in sports that winning is the only thing that matters? Yep. Haven't we seen it. time and time again people put their moral compass to the side in order to make sense of or justify employing people that might not have the greatest moral compass? Or might have made some sus decisions in the past.
2: Yeah, we see it time and time again. Think about the Deshaun Watson situation. That man had two dozen uh, charges against him, or not charges, accusations against him for sexual misconduct. And got a $230 million fully guaranteed bag from the Cleveland Browns. Okay, And they gave gave up three first round picks plus.
3: Imagine him getting traded back to the Texans.
2: With that contract.
3: <laughs> That's what this That's is. That's what the Buckley situation is. <laughs> could you imagine you wake up in the offseason one morning, you're joining us here on Unsportsmanlike, and we say, breaking news, Adam Schefter has Deshaun Watson traded to the Texans. <laughs> uh, forget the CJ Stroud part of it, right? Just I'm saying, this is how crazy this is.
4: But if he was balling right now, would it really shock you? Yes! No. We are view- it would, we are- I'm sorry. If the
2: Texans missed on CJ Stroud, which clearly they didn't, but if they missed on him, and Deshaun Watson had the Cleveland Browns in the, you know, the, the, the pole position
3: in the AFC North. You think it would be crazy, like, eventually down the line we could have a reunion? He's, I'm telling you right now, Bobby Petrino's going to end up as the head coach at Arkansas again. You watch.
4: I would not be surprised. You watch.
3: He's going to end up as the head coach at Arkansas again. That they're going to say, hey, he was the best coach we had. We did great things with him. Great things!
2: You know what would be the bigger shocker? <laughs> If he ended up the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons again. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> like that would be it.
2: The way he bounced on the Atlanta Falcons, and he would end up being back with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Let's
3: see if people out there could top it. Because we just Man, gave
2: Bobby it. had a colorful coaching career. Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun Watson God. back to the
3: Texans. Not for similar reasons, but I was living in South Florida at the time. Nick Saban back to the Dolphins. I mean, it would be unbelievable. Obviously, there's off field stuff with these other guys. There was nothing with Saban, of course. But a a higher or a reacquisition that would be more shocking than what we saw yesterday. Bobby Petrino back to Arkansas. 8 at 8 say ESPN. All right, a lot of people also want to jump into the college football playoff rankings. Let's get them in here. Kelly in North Carolina listening on Sirius XM eighty. What's up, Kelly? Hey guys.
0: Uh good morning. Love your show. Morning. Real quick, you. I have two have two topics. So two points.
1: Uh, do you guys think Michigan is being penalized for the whole sign scandal? You know, does that have any play, you think? And my second thing, I'll listen offline. You guys were talking about Golden grams and Cinnamon toast Crunch. Yes. It's golden grams all day. And yes. just because you're big, that don't mean you're selective or fine taste. That means you eat too much of everything. Mm. So I'm going to leave that right there. Appreciate you guys. Have a good day. That's fair.
2: That's a fair assessment. Kelly see a little bit. That's a fair assessment. Yeah. I mean, I use my size to justify my taste, me and a connoisseur of all foods that are good and he has happens to disagree. I'm just,
3: yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Not to check you out. I don't out, think I
2: steered anybody wrong when it comes to my recommendations on food. That's though.
4: the thing. Not like the places ever. I'm
2: throwing out, it's pretty well documented that those plays have really,
3: really good food. Except for cinnamon uh-huh. toast crunch over
2: Cinnamon okay.
4: okay. so toast crunch is great, but not yeah,
3: and, and not, not to,
4: an egregious pick, uh,
3: not to check you out. But I've always found you to be a, a big guy, not a fat guy. Yeah. Like you know, you're just a, an enormous man.
2: That's not what the scale says, though.
3: Okay, back to you, Bob. <laughs> uh, and then the first
2: point, <laughs> I appreciate it though.
3: The first point, maybe they, maybe they are holding that against Michigan a little bit. Well, then say it. Say it, hey, you know, we have to factor in that this team that is ranked two overall had their head coach suspended for six different games this, this season, and three of those have to do with on field cheating scandal. So we are factoring that in. Just say that if that's the case. But I don't think
2: that's the case though. I right. mean, if we're saying that. Like, I mean, here's the thing Michigan beat what, two ranked opponents? Georgia's beat four. Like four. Like, they 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 beat a top twenty Kentucky team. They beat number twelve Mizzou. They beat number nine Ole Miss. They beat number eighteen Tennessee. Like What are we talking about? Like, there's no debate. The committee's not penalizing you. They're not saying that you're behind Georgia because of what happened with Jim Harbaugh. They're saying that you're behind Georgia because your schedule was light.
4: Yeah.
2: I I mean, listen, I I want Michigan. I think Michigan is one of the best teams in college football. They're top two, and they might not be two. That's how close I think it is between them and Georgia. But I understand why the committee has Georgia ahead of them.
4: I just thought after a win of that magnitude of a team that was ranked so high – and it was such a hyper focus game that they would jump to number one. Um, that's, that's what I expected that did not happen.
3: More surprising, if Michigan rehired Connor Stallions or Bobby Petrino back to Arkansas. <laughs> that's what this is. Michigan this offseason is like we have a new special teams coordinator. Oh, yeah, who's that? Connor Stallions is our new special teams coordinator. Adam in Montana listening on XM 80 What's up, Adam?
5: Yeah, I was just wondering what your guys' opinion is on Washington against Oregon. They get a chance to avenge their loss in the Pac-12 title game, but you don't see that opportunity for a team like Ohio State who faces a number two-ranked Michigan team. They're now ranked behind number five Oregon. They don't get a chance to avenge that loss. They don't get a chance to climb the rankings just because of the divisional alignment in the Big Ten. You have perennial powerhouses who don't get a chance to play their way in and some that do. I want to know what your opinion is on Ohio State versus Oregon, where Oregon gets a chance to play their way in, or Texas gets a chance to play their way in, or an Alabama gets a chance to play their way in, but Ohio State doesn't get that chance.
3: But Ohio State they Lube did. A they
2: did have a chance to play their way in by beating Michigan yeah. this past weekend. Right. I, I mean, everybody understood that. Everybody like going into that thing it's not as if they didn't know that they had. They were in the same division as Michigan was. Like you, you get it. Like there's only one team from your division that's going to go to the conference championship, and the game, a part of the allure of it is, each team is standing in the other's way of getting to a national title.
3: I don't. I don't understand the question. Yeah, I think you're a thousand percent right about that. Some tweets coming in: Doctor Pepper inbox at unsports ESPN at Epco Radio at Chris ninety nine at M Smallman um, at <laughs> ASB one two one six. Following a historic 0-16 season, the Rod Marinelli has been rehired as Lions head coach. Wow! Okay. Um, Rod Marinelli. What about
4: Nathaniel Hackett back to Denver? <laughs> That's Nathaniel
3: a good Hackett one. That's back a good to Denver a, a good one. That is a really, really good one. Of course, all the college football coverage will be on here on ESPN Radio. We'll have the selection committee, the playoff selection committee, final rankings, Sunday noon Eastern on ESPN Radio, and we will have the countdown to kickoff with the official reveal live noon Eastern, and of course, we have all the games as well the semifinals of rose bowl and all states sugar bowl new year's day and the national championship on january 8th we'll have it all here on espn radio coming up in season tournament and the nba has some clarity tim legler will help us discuss next on sportsman like espn radio
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Having Canty and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. Middleton puts up a dainty shot at the horn
3: and he drills it from the right corner. What a shot from Cash
1: Money Middleton. You know, we're hungry for it. We won it. exciting times for us to go to Vegas. For the first, you know, this season tournament, so we're happy about that.
3: We had to do that? Bucks Radio Network. Great. Awesome. They beat the heat last night. We are on Sportsman Like here on ESPN Radio alone. Michelle Smolman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst in studio as the in season tournament has our quarterfinals. Lakers, Suns, Kings, Pelicans, Bucks, Knicks, Pacers, Celtics. We will have all of those coming up, but we have to get two quick things from uh, Legs before we get into the uh, tournament. One, give us a movie that you've seen recently that you oh, like. I thought
6: you were going to go with uh, yeah. something about oh, the gonna, Commanders. I, that was my second thing. <laughs> I thought that was coming. That was, was my like, second Why thing. Why would you do that to me? <laughs> you, so like, no, we tell- want you to actually
2: come
3: back. Yeah. yeah. Wait, <laughs> quickly tell everybody about your AMC Movie Pass that you have.
6: Yeah, at AMC Movie Pass, you get to go up <laughs> to three movies a week. All month long, twelve movies a month for like twenty five dollars a month. If you're not part of that package, <laughs> now hey, we will say this. I will say this. How do you
3: have time for that? You well, watch I, every game, you scout everything. And I've got a
6: two year old also, so I have not been taking advantage of the of the uh, pass with the AMC. But I do plan on seeing Napoleon here. Maybe, maybe even Outstanding today. Outstanding movie by maybe the way. Maybe even today. You Saw it this weekend. Saw it this oh, weekend. Oh, there you go. I'm like go today. All right, yeah.
3: then let's reverse the process. At CeCe one question about the commanders that you want an answer to, and then we'll get into basketball. Go ahead, you're a diehard Dude, commander.
6: You so can
2: right. ask it. Doesn't mean I'm going to have an answer. Answer. All right,
6: um, <laughs> is everybody, is everybody going to be gone from yes. the staff at the end of the year, yes. including Beanie?
2: Yes, you, Okay, that's, yes. that's a guarantee. Yes, yes. Okay. you can rest easy. That's is that what you happen. want, Tim?
6: Well, listen, I think I've seen some things out of B enemy. I, I, I've liked, it's creative, but 80% of your snaps as passes with a terrible offensive line shows me like not really playing to your personnel. So that's why I was a little concerned about And Eric who was the first person to say that? Yeah, I was the person. I still don't
2: understand how you lead the league in passing yards, yeah. lead the league in passing attempts, and Terry McLaurin has no 100 yard receiving games.
6: Well, how is that even possible? Basically, you're you're reiterating what I'm saying at the end of every first quarter when we go an entire quarter without a target to the best player on the team. <laughs> I
2: don't. I've, I, I've, I've been, I've been screaming plan. it for the but last. Right, game But we're gonna fire years. the defensive coordinator. Yeah, not well, that trading away Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Well
6: actually makes you worse. Well, at the same time, though, as a guy seen every snap, the confusion in Sorry. our secondary is epic. Oh, the secondary it's is trash. Epic <laughs> it's epic how far away they <laughs> are <laughs> from up. receivers. Gets, I love Lex. He it's literally so worked up on comical <laughs> how far away they are from receivers on every drop back. It's, it's embarrassing. It's it's all right. It's uh,
3: in-season tournament. I actually don't think there's much debate. It's been a success because guys yeah. care. Now, yeah. here's the thing. I got to be fair. You know I love the NBA. We all love the NBA. Does the average everyday casual fan understand what's going on here with the points and the running up the score? It seems really hard to understand.
6: In the beginning, absolutely no idea what was (laughs) happening uh, other than, okay, this court looks crazy. What's going on? Let me look into this a little bit. But it's so complicated when you start reading about the tiebreakers and all of that stuff. I will say this. There's been a progression not only in interest, I think in education about what's happening. And now, obviously, this is what people care about. We finally have it to where you don't have to read all these tiebreakers anymore These are the eight teams, and so we're ready to go. I do think fans are into it, and I will say this. I was dead wrong on the interest the players were going to have in this. I I didn't understand getting a a trophy when you have a much bigger prize at the end of the year. Like, how much is this going to matter to these teams? I was wrong. They got into it pretty quickly, and you did feel a difference in these games when you were watching them as opposed to a normal regular season game.
2: Legs, you know I'm a Lakers fan, so what happened on Monday night was hard for me to watch. LeBron James suffering his worst regular season loss. But Joel Embiid, 30-point triple-double in three quarters, Tyrese Maxey's growth. I mean, is it fair to say that this Sixers team is better? And if they are, have they done enough to close the gap with the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks?
6: Significantly better. This is the most viable threat I think Joel Embiid has, has been on. To actually get to the finals. Wow! I'm not now. Look, you got Milwaukee and Boston there. I think they're still a different tier. Okay. But Philly is right there on their heels. They've closed the gap because a couple things. One, obviously Maxi, we had to find out his ceiling. You've been seeing little splashes of it while Harden was there, but living in the shadows a lot of nights too. That's gone now. He's got the basketball. He's able to do his thing, and his ceiling is potentially an all league caliber guard. So that's what you have now. But more importantly. He's unflappable. He has nights where he starts off slow and he doesn't stay down that dark place like James Harden would. If You could see by the end of the first quarter, if Harden looked a certain way, this was going to be the next three quarters after that. That's not the case with Maxi. So it gives him Embiid different body language, different energy. Like, this dude is going to be here for me, next to me, when we need him in the fourth quarter, even on a night when he has struggled. The confidence that Maxie's given him because of his confidence, his buoyancy, like how much fun he's having – it's changed the entire dynamic of the locker room, the dynamic of the organization. It's also gotten the most out of Tobias Harris. Mm. Like you can make an argument that that has been the best trio in the NBA this season and bead Maxi and Tobias Harris. I mean, those three guys collectively are getting you almost 80 points a night between your top three guys. So it just feels different. It's Philadelphia fans are spoiled right now. You know, Philly's been winning. <laughs> too many Eagles good, too many good things for Pat league. Costello. That's too much, man. Philly, Philly sportsman. And then yeah. the Flyers. Yeah. Yeah, you got to always put that Ooh. on the end of that. But, yeah. but the other three, listen, Philadelphia is legit, and this has been really fun watching Tyrese Maxey blossom into this player that I really thought he could be. Probably two years ago I saw this in him, and now he's getting the opportunity.
2: Curious, Tim, because you say that the Sixers are not at the same level with the Celtics and the Bucs. Is there something that they can do down the road that would put them at the same level? What exactly are they missing that keeps them from being in that top tier?
6: I think the difference is Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum, because they're perimeter-based players that can end matters, that can get their own shot, that are just such an elite-level offensive player. That's a notch above what Tyrese Maxey is right now. And even as dominant as Embiid is, very difficult to run your offense through a big guy unless you're Nikola Jokic with his passing ability in late-game situations because double teams could take the ball out of your hands. So now who's going to have the ultimate answer when you need it? And I look at Lillard, I look at Tatum as just being like a notch above in those moments. And look, Boston, with what they did by adding Drew Holiday and Porzingis, look at that starting five, Right, that's the best team I think in the NBA right now. Uh, Certainly been the best team through the first, you know, what, five, six weeks of the season. Philadelphia is just not quite there. I don't know that there's something that they can do personnel-wise to go make an acquisition at the trading deadline. Um, I think they feel like we're going to take our chances with Embiid and Maxi leading the way against any of these teams because they're that special. Uh, We shall see. Lillard, to me, is now giving Giannis finally what he's really needed, which is that guy to take the pressure off him in the fourth quarter. He leads the league in clutch points this season, even though he hasn't shot well. He's been the best fourth-quarter player in the NBA this year. It's exactly what Giannis needed. Take the pressure off of him. Late games. You saw it again last night.
4: Tim, let's do a temperature check at some of these um, top draft picks. Victor Wembanyama, Chet Holgren, Scoot Henderson. Anything pop out to you about any three of those three guys? Yeah,
6: Chet Holmgren to me has been a revelation. I know he's a second-year rookie, and that's definitely an advantage because you're around pros for a year. You're, you're in a different strength conditioning program. You're watching film every day. So, you, are, you definitely have an advantage over a guy like Wemba Yaman, like coming in and playing right away. Having said that, you know you look at a guy that's averaging almost 18, he's their second leading scorer. He's their second leading rebounder. He leads them in block shots. He's shooting at a 50, 40, almost 90% from the line clip. Historic numbers. Very few guys ever in a season, even great shooters, have gone 50, 40, 90 shooting splits. Like, that's what Chet Holmgren is doing. He's tougher than I thought in terms of his physical strength and playing in traffic and grabbing tough rebounds. He holds his balance when he drives to the rim. He's got an awareness defensively that does not look like a young player. When I watch him and his position and his head on a swivel and his communication as a backline defender, it it speaks that he's this guy's been in the league five, six years. He's just so mature. He never changes his expression. Nothing phases the guy. I've been blown away, like, how impressed I have been with Chet Holmgren. I think the guy's going to be a star. So, of, the, of those guys, he jumps Also, by the way, he's in a competitive team. Like, Oklahoma City might be a top-four team in the West mm. when it's all said and done. So, he's playing competitive games every night. Wemba is in a non-competitive environment. Kind of just – their whole season is about his development – Chet Holmgren is doing his thing while also contributing to a winning product. That that to me is just very impressive.
3: Talk with Tim Legler, of course, ESPN NBA analyst. You'll see him on Get Up first take, beginning at eight a.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Uh, news came across yesterday that caught me by surprise. Mark Cuban selling yeah. the, the Mavs? Like, yeah. was that rumored at all?
6: Didn't see that coming. And then you read that his return on investment—he bought it for two hundred eighty million. He's going to sell his share for three billion. And you go, okay, is I that get good? It, I guess. I guess yeah. that's not a bad return. <laughs> the the I guess. at-risk white billionaires keep winning. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I did not. That I think that caught everybody by surprise. In fact, when I saw the headline. Yeah, you know, so you're skimming through the news and you see that. Like, Wait a second, what? And then you click on it, like, had no idea. I don't know what that's about. Well, he has really elaborated thing. on
3: it. Yeah, it's a $3.5 billion valuation, which doesn't mean he's getting three point five. Right. It means that's whatever percentage he sells, but he's still able to run the team. Yes. That's, yeah. that's even better. To, that it feels is. like a Shark Tank deal. Actually. It, it <laughs> is, and
6: I think they want him to continue to do that. I mean, look, you look at Dallas, the way they've reinvented themselves over and over, and look, it, it helps when you get – Two transcendent players like Dirk, followed by Luca. I get it, but it, it the way that they have gone through coaching changes, the way that they have reinvented their supporting cast. You know, the Kyrie Irving thing, whether you agree or not. Certainly looks a lot more comfortable this year than yep. last. That you get them in a close game in the fourth quarter, that team has a chance every night because of those two guys. So I think they trust Mark Cuban to keep the Mavericks competitive with his decision-making. So you he steps away in one aspect, but still maintains control in another. I'm good with it.
2: Tim, real quick before we get you out of here, patience or panic with the Golden State Warriors?
6: I think you're starting to get to the point where you have to suspend reality and suspend belief that they are still a threat. Like As long as 30 is healthy, meaning Curry, you're going to always give him a chance every night. You want to watch him, that guy's going to give you a chance. But when you look across the board – Wiggins underperforming. Clay the worst year probably of his career. Chris Paul banged up again and hasn't really played as well as they expected. Kaminga and Moody, no leap forward. In fact, in Kaminga's case, I think a regression. Moody kind of stagnant. You look across the board and you go, has anybody on this team, Draymond, the suspension, who has really played well on this team and lived up to expectations besides Curry? Nobody. When you collectively have that many guys doing that, you start to wonder in the landscape in the West – If you dig yourself too big of a hole, I don't care how well guys start to turn it around, is it enough to really challenge the Denver's of the world, the Phoenixes of the world? I don't know. I'm not going to give up yet because of Steph Curry but it's not looking good. I know that.
3: Tim Legler, get up. Of course, he'll be on first take all over the ESPN NBA coverage. We always appreciate it. Thank you, Legs. All right, you got it. All right, it is holiday season, of course. It is Christmas season, which means it's time for an incredibly important message this holiday season. If you want to help save the American Christmas tree farmer, if so, get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. They're available and they're not expensive. Would you rather spend less for real Christmas trees and assume a farmer is saving their job? Of course you would. Or spend more for a fake Christmas tree and assume a farmer is losing their job. Why would you want to do that? It's worse for the environment. It costs more and somebody loses their job. Buy real Christmas trees at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold and get more information online. Plus, participate in cool contests at getrealkeepitreal.com.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in present and select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: This is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Gotta be honest. Huh. Sorry, I cut you off there. That's okay. Legs bummed me out on one thing. What? What's up? I don't want the Warriors to be done. I don't want the Warriors to not be in the mix.
2: Listen, I know you don't want Bill Belichick to be done in yeah, New England, but I'm all good on. things come to an end, I'm my hanging friend. hanging on on a lot but of things okay. here. You can hang Sorry, on. It ain't going to change the results.
4: That's okay. Go ahead. I think we're learning so much about Evan. <laughs> yeah. You really don't like things to end. Like, you're the person that will fight tooth and nail for a relationship, for a friendship, for things of that nature. You were saying, <laughs> right?
3: Yeah, I would say that's true. Probably to a fault.
4: Change is good, Evan.
3: I- I'm not saying it's not. You know, when they turn
2: it. on the lights, that means the party's over. You <laughs> yeah. can go home after that. We need sunglasses good, in New good, England. The good time so ends, right? Lights, exactly. Right. Are you're Ooh. saying in one
3: one calendar year or one sports calendar year, let's say, we could have Belichick out in New England, yep. and we could have this entire Warriors run over. Yep. I don't like that. You may continue. <laughs>
4: There is there another one? Another another one? End of a dynasty or
3: like right now? Yeah, in
4: sports, are we are we witnessing the changing of the guard in any other capacity?
3: I mean, the Yankees stink, but I'm not unhappy about that. They haven't
4: won since '09, though.
3: Yeah, it's awful. Um, you know, I, that, Alabama's still alive for this weekend, yeah, right?
4: Yeah. Oh, Clemson, a little bit. Mm,
3: I feel like that's. I, I'm not sad about that one. No,
2: I'm not either. I'm not <laughs> sad about that. Not sad about no. struggling in the
4: well, at all. Is there anything yeah. else? Are we seeing another changing of the guard?
2: Your I mean, if Alabama loses in the conference championship game, it kind of feel like you know, their dynasty or their dynastic run is over with Saban, right?
4: I don't know, because they're right there on the edge. It's not as if they're not in the conversation or they're not going to be totally loaded Sure, next but we season. used to live
2: in a world where it was a surprise if Bama wasn't in the national championship That's game. True. Now we'd be surprised if Bama was in the national
3: championship so game. So I'm taking this as Monday. If Georgia beats Alabama, we are looking forward to a conversation where CC is going to suggest Nick Saban back to the NFL. No. Okay, back to you, small. (laughs) No. I was hoping you would say yes on that. That would be interesting. I don't
4: think we're going to go there. No. I would like to see it, though. I don't think he'll ever do it. But wouldn't you like to see him try again in the NFL? No. No. You had enough? Just
2: be a great college coach. (laughs) You've had enough? Be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, college coach of all time. I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah.
3: All right,
4: Smalls, positive programming.
2: Positive programming.
4: Okay, well, you know who was smiling over the weekend? Baltimore Ravens fans, as they beat the L.A. Chargers 20-10. to And I love a great touchdown celebration. I love a good celly. And I thought Zay Flowers had a remarkable touchdown celebration in this game. So he gets the touchdown pass from Lamar Jackson. He gets the ball. He's running over to his teammates. He throws it over his head like a bouquet at a wedding. There you go. Isn't that an amazing? That's
2: very creative. I mean, Zay flowers. You can't. You flowers, can't. You can't ask bouquet. for a better something that's on. That's on brand. You know, got a little bit of a pun in there because of the last name. I love it.
4: I love Now, his quarterback Lamar Jackson, not a fan. No, not Lamar a fan. Did not like it. But I want to get your uh, take on it because no, I, I mean, thought Lamar, it was so Lamar, creative. Lamar
2: is wrong. Lamar does a lot of things well, but him having good judgment when it comes to that <laughs> celebration, he's wrong. It's a great celebration, very creative by Zay Flowers. He got his teammates into it. I'm just wondering where he got the flowers from. Books.com, maybe, potentially. Maybe, All at us. yeah.
4: Maybe, Shout possibly. out to Books.
2: Yeah,
3: shout out to Books. I got to be honest. I'm so dumb. I never even thought that he did that because of his last name. What did
4: you think he did I for? never, I
3: never thought about it. CeCe just brought it up. I'm like, oh, that makes sense then.
0: I thought is about that. Flowers, now, now here's the okay.
2: thing: it's cool when it's a play on the last name, but not as good as Jalen Waddles is with the Penguin. Yeah, was
0: that was so Waddell, good. The, the, the Penguin, Waddle the, is the, the, the so Waddle with Jalen Waddle,
2: the Penguin. That's that's great. That's good. Next one.
4: Next one. We talked a lot about Northwestern football at the beginning of the season because of what was going on with their head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, and everything happening inside the program. But as the season progressed, we didn't really talk about them, and we probably should have. But shout-out to their head coach, David Braun, who took over the program in very tough circumstances. He was named the consensus Big Ten Coach of the Year after his team went 7-5. and He was the interim head coach and became the head coach at Northwestern. But shout-out to him for taking over a program that was – In a very difficult spot and pulling out a seven and five season. No thanks.
3: I'm not going to shout him out. I'm no, not gonna, I'm, I'm, good I'm not on going that too. to. No, I mean, I'm a. I'm a you, how, how did you just shout him out?
4: Because you and might. I are both
3: Big Ten graduates. You graduated from Illinois. That's supposed to be a rival for Northwestern. No I graduated from cares. Wisconsin. No one cares.
4: Listen, let me tell. There are a few things in this life that I know 100% certain to be true, and it's that no one from Northwestern and no one from Illinois cares about that rivalry. We don't care. It's not a rivalry. We're in the same state. That's all that matters.
3: Yeah, There's not no going to shout somebody out for Big Ten Coach of the Year Come award. On. Michigan was undefeated. Ohio State had one loss.
4: He took over a very volatile they gave situation. That's
2: giving him a pat <laughs> on the head. No, I'm not going to. They gave him a pat on the head. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Next. Not at all? Nope. No, I'm going to pass. So you, I'm would, you would hold I'm giving on giving him credit. You would rather shout yeah. out Jim Harbaugh who got suspended because mm-hmm. someone was stealing signs while in his employ that may have helped them win, rather than shout out a coach who took over a really volatile situation and a very fractured university and somehow found a way to have that team have a winning season? Well,
3: based on that, then Sharon Moore is my vote for coach of oh, the year. Oh my
4: goodness. Sharon Moore was 6 and
3: 0. Oh. Hey, doesn't that apply? Volatile situation, coaches suspensions? That's where I'm going.
2: But he did have a team that was 1-11 and the year before, too, though. They had one win.
3: One win. I, one, I actually they, voted for Connor Stallion. They, they, had, one the win, they one
2: had one win. win. I mean, if we're giving Deion credit for the Colorado bump Thank and you, going CC. from one to four wins, we kind of got to give David Braun credit from going to one to seven wins, don't we? Don't no. we? No. No? Next, what's okay. awesome. So we've been
4: talking a lot about cereal this morning. Pat, during his segment, was saying how expensive cereal is. We've been debating cinnamon toast crunch over golden grams. What are our thoughts on Pop-Tarts? Are we pro-Pop-Tarts? Because I love this. There's going to be a Pop-Tarts Bowl.
2: Oh, yeah. Thursday, I'm December
4: 28th, 5.45 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on ESPN. And here's the kicker, guys. The Pop-Tarts Bowl is going to have an edible mascot. The winning team gets to take a bite of the costume on the mascot.
3: Yeah.
2: That's very interesting. <laughs> That's very creative. Didn't see that one coming. Can you now, eat I love a good Pop-Tart part.
3: not cooked?
4: Yes. No, I don't like them cold. Yes. You yes. can. You I can. can. I like it hot.
2: I can. I absolutely can. And I have. What is your favorite one? Oh, the S'mores Pop-Tart. S'mores. And here's the crazy thing. Oh, so if you tell me what's your favorite so Pop-Tart, you're going to tell me a lot about you. The The S'mores Pop-Tart is number one on the list. Close second is the frosted strawberry. strawberry Not the frosting. naked strawberry, yep. the frosted, frosted. strawberry. The frosted? Or raspberry yes, or cherry. Exactly. Exactly. Frosted,
3: one of the fruit flavors, but s'mores is number one. S'mores now, number I one. can eat s'mores either way. I do think slightly hot, let it cool down a little no bit. No doubt. Is where you That's the that. way to go. But you can't eat it That's cool the sweet at all? Spot. No, I like it hot. What? I'm sorry?
4: You I heard like what it she hot. Said, she ain't okay. stutter. All right, I'm just
2: making sure. She ain't stutter. She said it with her chest.
4: Yeah,
1: We're on Sportsman, I'm Radio.